1882, the real story about Suicide Rock was released. Um, Come to find out that there was a gentleman who had a rock removed from a quarry and placed over his wife's grave. His wife's grave is in the same location as Ann Sanders. So when you hear the story about Suicide Rock and Ann Sanders, you actually is being told a story about a different lady, which is not a true story in itself. Both stories about the ladies are actually just regular stories. A man wife dies and he buries her and puts a rock over her grave. Another man, wife dies young and her grave is located in the same area as that grave. And then the folklore is created about the grave, the rock with the lantern on it and uh, the lantern being placed over on a rock so that the wife who was afraid of the dark can have a light to guide her through the darkness for eternity. Such a great story when you hear it. Such a beautiful story when you hear it. And for it to not be the real story is not disheartening. But it's a thing to be relieved by because it would have been tragic that this woman died on her wedding day. And that this rock is placed there for a story of eternal love. And that's the story that a lot of people want to hold on to. A husband took a rock that his wife wanted placed on her grave because she had such an amazing time in her life sharing moments of uh, reading moments of relaxation and moments of uh, grandeur that she found peace in and the husband putting the rock over her grave after she dies, when in all, both women are not who the the lore have made them out to be. Both women were actually just young women who died under natural causes. So, guys, um, deciphering this story and deciphering this whole suicide rock uh, uh, um, lore, if you want to call it that. You can find all this information when you look up the two people, the two ladies' names, Ann Sanders and uh, Miss Rowling Still. You'll find all this information. But I want to tell the story of the rock, how it came about, and then the real story behind it. So, That's what you're going to hear during this podcast. So, here's the story. Um, Make sure you share the podcast. Make sure you share uh, this YouTube video. If you're new to the channel, like this video. Give this video a thumbs up. Click that subscribe button. 
on your way out. And turn on post notifications so you're aware when I make new videos. And if you like podcasts like this where all stories are told or all folklores are actually found to be false, because I know people love folklores, let me know in the comment section and I'll discover how many other stories in that old cemetery have been told or how many old stories in that cemetery is not told because that's a very interesting cemetery. So there's a lot of stories there. So if you guys want to hear more stories, let me know in the comments. Okay, so here we go. Let's get into this story. So here we go, guys. The Ivy Stone. A romantic story of a grave in the old city cemetery. Daily American. This story was written August 14th, 1882. A romantic story of a grave in the old city cemetery. In the old city cemetery lies a huge rough stone, five or six feet in height and several feet in thickness. For many years, it has lain there and until recently was covered so thickly with ivy as to present only a mass of green leaves. Many had paused to look at it and dwell on the romance that is very apparent, suggested. And years ago, the story was told, the writer, one Sunday afternoon, sitting on the slab in the center of the circle, nearest which the stone stands, while the sun was fast setting, and the gathering shade was shrouding all things in a solemn quiet, the story was told. The stone was then so covered with ivy as to be totally invisible, and for years it had been called the Ivy Stone. The story was indeed full of romance and was about as follows. Many years ago, in fact, when the cemetery was new and had scarcely a dozen graves, there lived about nine miles from Nashville between the Nolensville and Murfreesboro Pike, a young lady who was noted for her beauty and accomplishments. Raised by rich parents who left nothing undone to gravity to gratify her, still she retained a sweetness of disposition and gentleness of manner that endeared her to all who knew her or were thrown in her company. Those suitors thonged around her. She seemed to care for none until thrown accidentally with a young merchant of Nashville. In a peculiar way, 
not far from her father's house, was a large rough stone near the roadside, covered with moss, and over which grew a large oak that shadowed it, making it, on the hottest day, a cool and pleasant spot. To this, she was found of repairing and here spent much of her time reading or doing the fancy work common to young ladies of the time. Seated here one day on a part of the stone forming a natural chair, she saw a young gentleman approaching whose face bore marks of suffering and whose apologizing explained that he had been thrown from his horse and had his arm broken. She accompanied him to the house where her father, a practicing physician, set the fractured arm. He was otherwise hurt, however, and was detained some weeks under the roof of his benefactor. The young couple learned soon to love each other devotedly, and when he was able to walk out, they spent much of their time at the old stone where they had met. Finally, he recovered and returned to Nashville, but found frequent association to go out to see but found frequent occasion to go out to see his lady love who always received his visits with gladness with gladness at one of their interviews at the old stone she said to him If I should die before you, I want this stone placed above my grave. Will you promise me that it shall be done? He promised her, but without a thought that the promise must so soon be kept. The wedding day was set and they were married with great ceremony and the usual festivities of a southern plantation wedding before the war. The groom had carried his own buggy to bring his young bride home, leaving her father's house accompanied by numerous friends. Their buggy had gone but a short distance down the road. When from some unexplained cause the horse dashed to the side of the road, throwing a bride out against a stone and killing her instantly. The wedding festivities were turned to mourning and the shouts of joy were turned to sobs and moans of grief. Enter the house prepared for his beautiful bride was born the cold body of the dead. After her burial, 
the young husband removed the stone as he had promised, placing it above her grave. And at the foot, planted a spring of ivy. An inscription was carved on the stone, which the ivy grew in after years to cover up. The heartbroken husband closed his business here, went far away, and afterwards died at the Alamo. For years, the stone was the center of attraction for young people, many whom had heard its story, and many versions of the romance were told. One story was to affect that the stone was from the seaside, but the main fact in the story remains the same. Some months since, a part of the ivy was cut away on two sides, where the the inscriptions were said to be. There the rough letters were but nearly worn away with care and painstakingly They were finally deciphered on the south side towards her former home was Lucy Rawlings Steele, died May 9th, 1847. On the east was carved 1848. The dead, the only beautiful that changes no more. The romantic entories about the stone were given fresh interest and were told again and again by the young people attending the open air meetings. A American reporter, however, burned up the gentleman who was Saxton at the cemetery when the stone was placed. There and found out that there was no romance in it. There was a Mr. Steele in charge at the state prison. Quarries, whose wife had died the year before. And this stone attracting his attention. He removed it from the quarry to the cemetery where his wife was buried. The stone was brought out and a high high wagon drawn by eight mules and six convicts were brought along to aid in unloading it. He put it there amidst the informant and then spoiled nature with art by putting the iron fixture on the top as I said to him at the time. But there isn't any truth in all these romances that young people are so found of telling and believing about the Ivy Stone. Guys, thank you for listening to the story. Thank you for listening to the truth behind this story. 
so many years, things can take on so many different stories. And sometimes the folklore becomes more interesting than the real story. And as we see and as we found out here, there was actually no story at all. Catch you on the next one. Peace out.